I remember growing up and going to school and the first time that I heard the phrase grading on a curve. I remember hearing about how teachers did this and honestly I didn't understand how it worked. I still don't totally understand what it means but what I did understand about it was that if I do better than others, then I get a higher grade. And it kind of, to an extent, caused me can, and can lead to settling. Though we don't give our best, we just have to do better than the rest. We have to make a better score than others, and then we're fine. So last week we addressed this idea of that has arisen in the church that for many of us we join the church and then we settle for membership over discipleship. That we've lost sight that we are called to follow Christ. And for many of us we, we walked away from last week, if you're honest, and if I'm honest, proclaiming something along the lines of this. That was a really good message and so-and-so really needs to hear that. Or, or yeah... This is a real issue for those people. And we walked away from that message failing to ask a question. What about me? What am I doing? Am I just, have I settled for membership or am I a disciple? And this is that, that tie-in that we hear from Jesus when he says that we need to get the log out of our own eye before we worry about the speck in our neighbor's eye. That we, we begin to believe and start to believe that we are good enough. And, and we need to start to question if we are fully living into discipleship. It's like grading on a curve. We find ourselves saying, well, if I'm better than them, if I'm living a more quote-unquote Christian life than them, then, then I get the reward and I don't have to worry about it. And we find ourselves saying things like what we hear in the Gospel of Luke in the 18th chapter beginning in verse 9 where we hear these words of Jesus telling a parable to some of them who trusted in themselves and that they were righteous and they treated others with contempt. And he says, Two men went up into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. And now, to understand this, you have to understand the Pharisees are those that are attend that know the law, that are that are viewed as the highest of high when it comes to the religious leaders. And the tax collectors are considered the lowest of low. They're the dirty sinners. So often we talk about the fact that when, when tax collectors are mentioned, they're not even mentioned in the same breath as sinners. It's you've got sinners and then tax collectors. And so it says, he goes on and says, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but for everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. 
And so what this is ultimately pointing us to is that we so often look at our lives and go, yeah, thank God that I'm not like them. But what we're called to do is to be honest about who we are and where we find ourselves. And he goes on, Jesus says, now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to them saying, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God is like a child, or like a child, rather, shall not enter it. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, we hear this text, and the question arises, how many of us have become like the Pharisee? Not striving to do our best, but thanking God that we aren't the worst. Quote, unquote. That we've done just enough, if you will. But this invitation to discipleship is a call to fully surrender our lives. To be in full reliance unto God. It's kind of like when, my, when, I'm, when all of my nephews were born, that, that idea of like they are fully reliant upon their parents and upon the adults in their lives to take care of them, to feed them, to change them, to do everything for them. And what would it look like if we had that sort of surrender and reliance upon God? It, this call to discipleship is, if you really want to be honest, it's kind of a, a spiritual follow the leader, if you will. It's not a, a call to look at God like an add-on. I mean, when, so often when me and Anna go to places like Raisin Cane's and we always ask for extra sauce and extra toast, it, the meal unto itself that we always get is good. But, but we just know this little extra would make it a little bit better, you know? It, this add-on would make it just, just right. And so many times, this is how we treat Jesus. We, we, we go, you know, Jesus, I've got this all handled. Life's pretty good, but when I need that little bit extra, I'll give you a call. And discipleship is, is this acknowledgement that it's not I call you when I, when I feel like I need you, but the fact it's the acknowledgement of God, I always need you. I am fully reliant upon you in my life. That... That, I, that as we are born again to begin to follow Jesus, that as we buy into this relationship and we say, God, I need you every hour, every minute, every second, I need you. I can't do anything under my own power. We begin to live one day at a time confessing our sin and failure and striving to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Living out what we hear in Acts 3 where it says, Repent. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that He may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you. It's that that call to repent, to turn away from all that we have been doing, and to turn to Jesus Christ and say, God, I need your guidance. I need that your refreshing, your revitalization, your revival within my heart and my life. Which first raises this question, are you following Jesus or are you trying to lead him? So many of us, we go, God, uh, I'm going to go do all this stuff and then I need you to show up. We, we, we buy into what we hear in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 where it says, 
follow me as I follow Christ. The problem is, is that we have lost sight of following Christ, and we just say, follow me. And then when things get rough, we go, okay, now I need help. Um, I'm, I am a terrible passenger when it comes to riding in cars with people. I, I want it my way. I, I, I get scared. I, get, I have issues with the way people drive. Not that I'm the best driver, but I just like to be in control. Um, and some of it stems from a, a root, this root of, I remember going on a mission trip to Frakes, Kentucky, and, and following the, uh, the GPS all the way and you know most of the time when it said turn we were supposed to turn but all of a sudden it said turn and we were turning off the paved road which you know we didn't think too much about we were on our way to frakes kentucky and the in the hills and so we kept going and and literally we were going down this dirt road and every time it said turn yet again there was a turn and then all of a sudden we found ourselves turning and there was a a steel sign a, it was like a vinyl uh, like a steel siding sign a tin roof sign if you will uh nailed to a tree and written in red which we hope was paint and not blood it said no trespassing and then we immediately decided we should probably stop um we we had felt like we were getting a little lost on the way but at that moment we realized we we need to turn around and go back we need to repent if you will and turn away from we've been following the if you if you use this illustration of the gps being the ways of the world we've been following the ways of the world and for a while it wasn't that bad but all of a sudden we found ourselves in a place that we didn't need to be in a place that we did not intend to be or but we ended up there anyway and so we realized oh we need help we, we, we turned around and, and we started tracing our steps going, where did we go wrong? How did we fall short? And, and we got back out to the main road and found ourselves literally finding a church and pulling up to that church and asking for directions. And we had gone the wrong way. But, but we weren't willing to admit our falling short until we had gone too far. We were saying, we got this, we're going to follow this until... And this is how we so often find ourselves living our lives. We find ourselves following the ways of the world, following what we want, going, all right, this sounds right, whatever, until we get so deep that we have to repent. Have you ever seen a bonsai tree? You know, those trees that get about 18 inches tall, and, and they're like a perfectly formed tree, but dwarfed. It's never going to grow to full size. And the reason is, is the Japanese have discovered that if the root of a plant is cut and the branch is trained, you can produce a perfect miniature. It will never gain full maturity or growth. And for many of us, our faith is like this. We have, we have become bonsai trees in our faith that, that we, it leads us to focus on the, 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 just the basics. And it begins to focus on others over our own faith journeys. This pruning that can happen that we due to our fear and our concern, our worries and our anxieties, it causes our faith to no longer be childlike, but we, we find ourselves so focused on what other people think about us and so focused on what the world says that we lose this allegiance to God. 
Many Christians are like a bonsai tree. We've become so focused on this worldly stuff that we've stopped our journey. We're no longer growing in Christ. We, we don't continue to dig our roots into the truth of Jesus Christ. And in turn, we've clipped our branches so that we do not reach out and do God's will and God's creation. Or, and, but in 1 Peter 2, 2, it calls us to this truth. It says you can't grow to maturity without the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. But we view discipleship as, as this add-on lifestyle that we talked about. And instead of a way of life, it's just something we can do on the side. And, and we've dwarfed our growth in Jesus Christ. We've, we've stunted our growth. We say, I, I've gone far enough. I kind of resemble it, but but I don't need to get any bigger. We we don't need to fully submit our and submerge our roots. We don't need to fully outstretch our branches. Uh, but a disciple is the fulfillment of what we've been looking at over the past few months of that we belong to the body of Christ and we become like Jesus, and then we go out and we bless the world for the kingdom. This is the call to discipleship, to continue to dig our roots into the soil that is God's truth. And that as we are nurtured, we go forth and we nurture others to love and to be loved. To love as we are loved and to forgive as we have been forgiven. And to be like Christ in a world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel His presence. It's to not allow our roots to be trimmed and our, and our branches to be cut back, but to dig deep into Jesus Christ. And as we do, to go forth and to, exper- and to express our, our limbs, to let them reach out into this world. To abide in those means of grace, those works of piety and mercy. To, to dig into a relationship with Jesus Christ. To love God, but also to love others and do good. It's a continual journey of knowledge, wisdom, and love. A disciple is not a perfect man or woman that that they have merely begun to follow a Savior who is perfect in love and humility. We're not perfect, but we are following the perfect example. We're walking in Christ's footsteps through God's grace. And, And although we may stumble, we're going to get up and keep following because this is what discipleship is about. This is the secret to the Christian life. It's a secret of daily renewal, of daily taking up our cross to follow Jesus. As we hear in 2 Corinthians 4.16, we, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Discipleship is a daily devotion. It's a daily decision. As we follow Christ, it's merely a matter of each day staying humble and trying to walk in His footsteps. Follow the example of Christ, which raises the question that we must answer for ourselves and not worry about for others, but worry about for ourselves. Who is following who in your life? Are you trying to lead God? Are you trying to take God wherever you want to go? Or is Christ guiding you? Amen and amen.